Um, I'm giving you a heads up. We're going to be jumping around a lot of verses today. And so um, if you go to nlc.today slash sermons, you will see notes for the sermon today, and there's an option there for you to type in your own notes and then put your email address in and email it to yourself so you have the notes for the sermon. That's something we've had for a long time. I don't know if people even know about it, but it's an awesome feature. I would recommend using that today. So, man, God is here. Amen? All right. We're going we're gonna to jump in, um, in today. So, I want to start with a little bit of a story about how me and my family ended up here in Maine. So I'm from Maine, um, and I would say around 2018, um, my wife and I started looking into, like, man, we just want to, like, I'm from Maine. We want to go back to Maine. We want to plant our family there. And and more than just our desire to do that, we felt so strongly um, that God had a purpose for us here that, um, that there's just... There's something about the people here, the people that God is bringing here, and there's like this calling and drive to be a part of that. And so in 2018, we started looking for jobs and houses, and that was a, a, a long journey of like two years of finding nothing and no open door, and, um, and that was, a, a, I would say, a little frustrating at the time. Like, we know we're supposed to do this, but there's no opportunity to do that. And then there, there came a point, you know, obviously COVID changed a whole bunch of things. And at the beginning of COVID, um, we kind of saw maybe this is one of those times where we jump out and we take a step of faith, trusting that God's been calling us, where we're not waiting on God to do something, but we're trusting that he's already spoken. And, and so what ended up happening and um, what happened, long story short, is that I quit a job. I moved into Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's uh, mother's RV for, <laughs> for six weeks to find a job in an apartment. Um, I can't tell you how many people have lived in that R- RV. <laughs> that is uh, a, a, quite a few. It's a, a spiritual gift that they have that so many people have transitioned in their life through that RV that they have. But um, so I lived in that RV for six weeks while figuring out a transition here and once I got here, the doors were opened. Just job and home and work for my wife and just everything. And I felt that it was really affirming at the time that God was saying, and this was the big like season message at the time, um, sometimes there's times where we have to just take a step of faith, believing that God said what he said and he's calling us a step of faith means I don't have all the answers, and I'm just going to step out believing God is who he says he is, right? Um, And that looks like nothing, nothing in front of you, and you take the step anyway, right? So during that season, I bring that up to say, um, during that season, I was on a prayer walk, and I got a word from the Lord. And I've been sitting on this word since 2020, and I'm going to share it this morning Um, and I feel like it's going to be very affirming for a lot of people in here today. Um, Yeah, so we'll we'll jump into that. Um, So this I received in a prayer walk, and I just kind of wrote it down. There is a convergence of a new breed happening in southern Maine, a group of passionate people flocking to the area in search of a promised land, not just for comfort or personal satisfaction, but craving what God has promised to give. 
They've clawed their way out to find the truth that the love of Jesus can radically change a person, a small community, a city, and a nation, one person at a time. They've been so disoriented by the false church for so long, they are finished with lies and religiosity. Instead, they seek the presence and truth of Jesus without the baggage of false authority, false signs and wonders, and false love. They crave true, miraculous love and power untainted by religion. So there's this spiritual reality that I started to see as we got here for uh, the people around us and, and for ourselves included is just this desire for God and for truth, but completely divorced from the things that have caused pain or the manipulation of the world or even the church sometimes. And I started to see, well, okay, well, we've felt that way and we feel like we're going to be ministering to that in this season. And then I started to see, oh, they've experienced that. Oh, they've experienced that. Oh, like, oh, them too. I have like this unique role here at the church where um, anybody that becomes a member at the church here or goes through our next steps process, um, I get the privilege to sit with them and talk about their journey. And so I sit in this unique role of hearing this theme that God has put together of how everybody ended up here. So how do I know this is, this is true? This will be fun. How many people in this room in the last two years have had some kind of awakening in their spiritual journey, um, whether that's a renewal of faith or faith just starting in the last two years? Hold your hands up. Look around the room. Right? So that tells me that God is, is actually sovereignly moving now, right? And, and I firmly believe that. And so we've been on this, this sermon series for a while, um, being on mission. And the thing that's been highlighted to me um, to, to bring today is being prepared for mission. Did you know that you can be in the midst of a move of God and miss it completely? That, that it happens where God, God moves and I'm just facing the other direction, oblivious to what God is doing, right? And, and it's amazing that we're in this season right now where people are, like, especially our body here, we're seeing this. I can't see outside of my church very far, right? Um, I hardly know everybody here or I don't know everybody here. But um, God is doing something unique here. And so I felt today is like a 30,000-foot view encouragement for all of us. Um, if we're going to be prepared for the season that we're in, there's some things, some tools that we need to be taking with us. Amen? All right. So maybe this is a work of God right now, or maybe we're becoming aware of a spiritual reality of our area uh, that's always been there. Either way, the harvest is plentiful. So we're just going to go to, um, and I'll warn you ahead of time, we're going to be jumping around a lot. So um, the first passage is in Luke 10. Um, so this is after Jesus has sent out his 12 to preach the kingdom of God. And now they, those people have come back and now he's sending out 72 followers. So these are people that followed him just like the apostles, um, just we don't know who they are. Verse 1, later the Lord chose 72 other followers and sent them out two by two to every town and village where he was about to go. He said to them, a large crop is in the fields, but there are only a few workers. 
ask the Lord in charge of the harvest to send out workers to bring them in. Now go, but remember I am sending you out like lambs into a pack of wolves. So a couple of things here. First of all, we don't know these people's names. We can assume, so Luke is actually not one of the 12 apostles. We can assume that he's one of them. Um, but we don't know who any of these, these people are, and they are sent just like the 12 to go preach the kingdom of God where? To where Jesus is about to go. So they're carrying his message knowing, hey, he's behind me like a day and a half, and he's going to show you. But if you read on through the rest of this passage, he gives authority to them to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to preach the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here now. We're going to get into that in the next, the next section. Um, but his encouragement or his word before they get sent out is the harvest is plentiful. And so this season that we're in in Southern Maine, I just want to make a connection here that um, when you're looking at the world around you, it's really easy to take the world's perspective of the world around you or to think ideally the world would look like this and it looks like this. Jesus looks at all the places that he himself is about to go, and he says the harvest is plentiful. It just needs laborers. It needs people that are going to work. It needs people that are going to do the work to bring in the harvest. Amen? You're the one. I'm the one that's called to do that. This is not a passive thing. The kingdom is taken by force with people that believe in faith that God is doing what he says he's doing. If we're going to be prepared for mission, we need to understand that it's our job to bring the harvest in, to go out into the world, to look at the world first, instead of saying, this is awful, I want to retreat. Instead of saying that, looking, that, looking at the world out there saying, all these people are so desperate for God. They're desperate for God. They need him. They don't even know that they need him, right? But they're living in pain and shame and anxiety and depression and trauma and all of these things that consume their life and what they need is a living Savior. And that's my view towards them. That should be my perspective towards the world. So as I was preparing for, for this or just kind of ruminating, I get the privilege of like also of um, preaching once in a while and so I get to think about things for a long period of time. Um, and, uh, and so in that, these couple of themes came up, you know, how are we going to actually be people that are prepared for mission and not just um, being dragged along or, or missing opportunities? The first one of those, we're going to go to Colossians 1. You need to know the gospel of the kingdom of God. You need to know it for yourself. You need to be able to preach it. You need to be able to preach it to yourself. I'll say that one more time. You yourself need to know the gospel of the kingdom of God. You need to be able to preach it to others. You need to be able to preach it to yourself. And that's the best place to start is preaching it to yourself to get your own spirit and soul in alignment with God. So what is that message? What is, so in the evangelical church, we've done this, and you've heard this before. I've been guilty of preaching this, so I will, we'll start there. Um, God paid for your sins. And if you believe that he did that, you can go to heaven. Pray this prayer, 
and you can, you can be one with Jesus and meet him when you die. And that's what the evangelical church has kind of said is the gospel. And that is absolutely true. It is also a fraction of the gospel. Right? That's a small piece. It's not the whole picture. So we're going to go to Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. Christ is exactly like God, who cannot be seen. He is the firstborn Son, superior to all creation. Everything was created by Him, everything in heaven and on earth, everything seen and unseen, including all forces and powers and all rulers and authorities. All things were created by God's Son, and everything was made for Him. God's Son was before all else, and by Him everything else is held together. He is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the very beginning, the first to be raised from the dead so that he would be above all others. God himself was pleased to live fully in his son and God was pleased for him to make peace by sacrificing his blood on the cross so that all beings in heaven and on earth would be brought back to God. You used to be far from God. Your thoughts made you his enemies, and you did evil things. But his son became a human and died, so God made peace with you. And now he lets you stand in his presence as people who are holy and faultless and innocent. But you must stay deeply rooted and firm in your faith. You must not give up the hope you received when you heard the good news. This is the gospel, amen? So it's not just that Christ came to save and to forgive and to die for us. Yes, absolutely. But this is about Christ and his kingdom. Everything was made for him. Everything is on its way back to him. Amen? Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, whether they want to or not, that Christ is Lord because this is all his. It all belongs to him. This is, when we talk about the kingdom of God, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the reign of Jesus and everything that on earth right now that you can think of that's not under the reign of Jesus, it is destined to go back to him. Amen? So of the increase of his government, there will be no end. There will be no end to his government, his reign increasing on the earth. So here's a fun fact that I, I googled uh, this week, and you can, you can do this yourself. Um, at the time of Christ walking the earth, the approximate population of the entire world was around 200 million people. Right now, we're sitting close to 8 billion people. Professing Christians are 2.2 billion of those people. There are 11 times more believers today on the earth than there were people on the earth when Jesus walked it. 11 times more. If that's not a testament to the truth that is his reign is expanding across the world, it's not going to be stopped. Amen? We get the privilege to be a part of that. Right? And it's going to happen with or without me. I would like to be caught up in that current and be a part of it, but it's going to happen with or without me. So I need to know that that's what the gospel is. The gospel is that Jesus made a way amidst all my sin and failures and the ways that I haven't lived up. He made a way for me to be partnered with God. But then, what did Jesus preach? Repent, turn to me, 
Jesus because my kingdom is at hand. It's at hand now. So what do, we, what do we do with that? Well, we learn to preach that to ourselves. We learn to get everything in alignment in our own life under the reign of Christ. If there are, and I encourage you to write this down. If there are areas in your life where you're not seeing the reign of Christ, that's your first calling. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. Jesus is alive. He's reigning on the earth. He's reigning through your life. Get those areas in alignment with him. He has power to do that. He's limitless. He can do that for you. And then from there, then the gospel, then it seems like good news when you go to preach it to somebody else. Going to somebody uh, without the gospel of the kingdom of God um, seems seems strange. Hey, you're sinful, right? Uh, No, I mean I do my best. Who, who, who cares at that? There needs to be some kind of awakening um, in, a, in a soul and in a spirit of just how far we are separated from God and the good thing that God's doing in the earth. We need the whole picture. And so I would encourage you, if, if I came to you after service to ask you, what does the gospel mean to you? And you don't know what you would say We want to be prepared for mission. We want to know, we want to have an answer to that question. What does it mean to you, the gospel of the kingdom of God? How are you witnessing in your life currently the reign of Christ? Right? That doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be deeply theological. Man, I don't have all the answers, but I do know when I cry out to Jesus, I hear him and he brings me peace because he's the prince of peace. And when I submit things to him, he works them out, maybe not the way I thought he would or wanted him to, but he works them out because he's Lord of Lords, right? It's a a simple message, but but we need to know it. Learn to preach it to yourself. Look yourself in the mirror when you wake up. Preach to yourself, right? The second one here, uh, we're going to go to Galatians 5. So that first one was uh, Colossians 1, 15 to 23, just in case anybody missed that and wanted to write it down. So our second one here today, if we are going to be a people prepared for mission to walk in this season, we need to be a people that walk by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, we're starting in verse 16. If you are guided by the Spirit, you won't obey your selfish desires. That one phrase alone, <laughs> we're going to go further, but that, that's a lot, right? If you are guided by the Spirit, you won't obey your selfish desires. The Spirit and your desires are enemies of each other. They are always fighting each other and keeping you from doing what you feel you should. But if you obey the Spirit, the law of Moses has no control over you. People's desires make them give in to immoral ways. Filthy thoughts and shameful deeds. They worship idols, practice witchcraft, hate others, and are hard to get along with. People become jealous, angry, and selfish. They not only argue and cause trouble, but they are envious. They get drunk, carry on at wild parties, and do other evil things as well. I told you before, and I am telling you again, no one who does these things will share in the blessings of God's kingdom. So that's an important phrase. No one who does these things will share in the blessings of God's kingdom. 
we get to choose. Do I want to follow my, the things that I think will make me happy or do I want to tangibly experience the manifest kingdom of God? God's spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. There is no law against behaving in these ways. The kingdom at hand means that the reign of God is within your grasp. You are no longer a slave to your, fl- to your flesh if you have been born again in the Spirit of God. To be used by God in the kingdom is to learn to walk by the Spirit of God. Many times this starts with a conviction of just how far we truly are from Christ. But this is God's invitation to begin a lifestyle of surrender. So what does it look like to walk by the Spirit? So if we're going to be people that are prepared for mission, if we're going to be people that are um, experiencing God's kingdom, don't be surprised if that consistently wars against your own agenda for your life. There's peace and joy, happiness to be found in God's kingdom, but it comes first at the sacrifice of my own agenda. Right? Where I want to live and the job, you know, the direction I want my career to take, right? Uh, the way I, I want my family to be perceived, like all of my my hobbies or goals or, or all of that gets first laid on an altar. And then the fire of God can hit that and he can burn away what's not of his, keep what remains that he intends to use, and then you can walk by the Spirit. And there, I got to tell you, there is nothing more fulfilling. Many of you can attest to this. There is nothing more fulfilling than that feeling of I responded to God. I responded to the Spirit, and I watched something amazing happen. Amen? Anybody? There's nothing more fulfilling than that. If I could live in that, knowing that I've been obedient, if I could live in that feeling for the rest of my life. But my flesh wanders. My flesh wants to drag me away from that. Oh, but I'd like to do this. I'd like to get caught up in this. I'd like to put more devotion into these other things. You can have everything that your heart desired and still not feel purpose. Anybody relate to that? And I feel like that's kind of the season that we're in where uh, this reality where people um, are wanting something spiritually true and they're willing to do, you know, move across the country to get it or, or whatever it is. Um, it's because following your own way, following your own flesh will never fulfill you. God created you, the inside of you, uh, there's a peace in your design that will never be fulfilled until you are rightly aligned with God and walking by His Spirit. If we're going to be people that are prepared for mission that can be useful in the kingdom now, we've got to learn to say yes to God and no to anything that we know is going to cause friction or divide with the plans of God. The last one here, um, you can go to Philippians 3 if you're following along, or just listen, that's fine. But it's uh, Philippians 3, 2 to 15. Watch out for those people who behave like dogs. He's talking specifically about false teachers that are coming into the church from Judaism trying to impose more rules and, and 
um, their, their own idea of the way things should go. So just context. Watch out for those people who behave like dogs. They're evil and want to do more than just circumcise you. But we are the ones who are truly circumcised because we worship by the power of God's Spirit and take pride in Christ Jesus. We don't brag about what we've done, although I could. So this is Paul talking. Others may brag about themselves, but I have more reason to brag than anyone else. I was circumcised when I was eight days old, and I am from the nation of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin. I am a true Hebrew. As a Pharisee, I strictly obeyed the laws of Moses, and I was so eager I even made trouble for the church. I did everything the law demands in order to please God. But Christ has shown me that what I once thought was valuable and worthless, what I once thought was valuable is worthless. Nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I've given up everything else and counted all as garbage. All I want is Christ and to know that I belong to him. I could not make myself acceptable to God by obeying the law of Moses. God accepted me simply because of my faith in Christ. All I want is to know Christ and the power that raised him to life. I want to suffer and die as he did, so that somehow I also may be raised to life. I've not yet reached my goal, this is verse 12, and I am not perfect, but Christ has taken hold of me. So I keep on running, struggling to take hold of the prize. My friends, I don't feel I have already arrived, but I forget what is behind and I struggle for what is ahead. I run towards the goal so I can win the prize of being called to heaven. This is the prize God offers because of what Christ Jesus has done. If we are going to be a people prepared for mission, it is time to put away the past. It's time to put it away all the things you've been through. good, And so what does he say here? His past is, is, is full of like notoriety and fame. It's full of, right? And his, so him putting away his past, I was the most respected member of society and I became nothing for Christ because it was more valuable. All your achievements... All, all, like if, if, it's, if it's that direction for you, the achievements, the past, all your success, you go very low, very, very low. It has to be low, right? And that low place is becoming a bond servant of Christ, and there you'll find the kingdom. There you'll find the, the true power that's in the gospel, right? If it's all bad and um, if your past is just ugly, from hurt and pain and all those things, he calls you saint and he lifts you up so you can be a part of his family and those other things don't have to define you. We need to be identified with God's kingdom and it is time for us, and I'm speaking to myself, it's time to stop letting the past dictate the future. It's time to put away the past, be done with it, right? Paul says, I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm pressing on towards this one. And this is a guy that if anybody had a reason to complain, <laughs> Paul had a reason to complain. Shipwrecked and beaten multiple times, stoned. The church hated him and didn't trust him for the, for the beginning of his ministry because he was the one 
going after the church and destroying the church. Uh, the Jews no longer wanted him because he had abandoned their practice and they couldn't trust him anymore. So he is completely isolated, trying to follow what Jesus wants when the whole world literally wants him dead. And what does he say? I'm putting all that away. Jesus is my prize. I'm going this direction. I'm going towards Christ. I want his kingdom. I want heaven on earth. I want the Gentiles to receive salvation. I want the Jews to receive salvation. I want all of us to be humbled and brought in. And so, so us, it is time to stop giving authority to the past to dictate um, whether or not we're going to respond to God in this season. Amen? Now, that seems like a really strong word. Um, in the kingdom, though, God can heal all your past, all of it. And that's not, that's not just words. The things that I have been healed from um, just make me full of joy and want to worship because God is able to take the past and completely heal it, and He's able to turn that into some kind of story to help somebody. And my heart on the inside is cleaned out, not just... Um, a superficial addition to my soul, but something from the inside out. Like, no, that actually doesn't hurt anymore. It might have taken years, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Submit your past to God. So, so where do we go from here? God is moving in our region now. Um, I would call that awakening. People are being made aware that there is a God or that there is this spiritual pursuit that they want. Maybe they're not Christians at all. We've had people, and maybe you're one of them, that, that your journey just started very recently. You don't even know if Jesus is real yet, but you feel this longing on the inside of you that cannot be quenched. But you're feeling truth here or in another church in this area. Um, God's doing that now. If we want to be a body that's useful in the kingdom of God, what do we need? We need to know the gospel. We need to know how to preach it, right? We need to respond to the Spirit of God. And there's so many stories. You just read through the book of Acts, people that just responding to the wind of the Spirit and amazing things happen. I think about uh, Philip and the eunuch, right? He leaves where he was going, or he leaves a, a fruitful ministry to go this direction. And that was the direction that the Spirit gave him, walk this way. And then he meets the eunuch on the road. And this powerful encounter happens. Jesus appointed him to minister there. Right? I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those people in, the, in God's kingdom that God can speak to me and he can trust that I will obey. Amen? All right. So we're going to uh, close a little different today. Um, so if you'll stand with me. We're going to... Um, we're going to do a little prayer exercise. So this is going to be very new for a lot of you. This is uh, an ancient practice um, in, it called, a lot of times, either contemplative prayer, imaginative prayer, theophostic prayer. There's uh, um, placing yourself before God and letting uh, God speak to you through your mind and through your imagination. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do is to close your eyes, and that's where we'll start. Jesus, we just welcome you here. We welcome you here, Jesus. 
Picture yourself sitting down in a comfortable place and Christ walks beside you and sits with you. As he sits down, picture him opening his hand. As he opens his hand, you know that he wants to make an exchange. What's in his hand, and you can see it, is experiencing his kingdom. And now I'll ask you, what is the Lord asking you to exchange so that you can experience his kingdom? Think about it, ponder what it means to be giving that thing to him. Whether that's your own desires or your job or your future, whatever that thing is, he wants to take it from you because he sees it as a burden for you. He wants to give you his kingdom so that you can experience true joy, true abundant life. I would just encourage you to sit in that moment and ponder what will you do. Jesus, we want to be a people that are useful in your kingdom. Lord, send us. Use us. And if there are places in our life that you want to mold and shape to use us, have your way, that nothing would be hidden from you, that we would be prepared for mission with the gospel of the kingdom, that we could taste and see your kingdom, that we would learn to walk by your spirit, that we would learn to trust your spirit, that we would learn to put our past away, completely give the past over. If that's the thing that Jesus wants to take from you, so he can mold it and give you something better. I'm begging you, release it to him. Release that over to him. Be done with the past. I pray right now, Lord, that people will start in this room to see in their mind's eye what it means to be a part of the kingdom in this area, in their life now, in their jobs now, in their families now, that this would be a time where they understand how you're using them in the kingdom. I just pray that that's released right now. We believe that you want that for us, Lord, that we would see a peace that we can play a part in so we can be a part of the kingdom, so we can influence others, so we can build what you want to build with you, so we can co-labor with you. just going to leave a minute for the Holy Spirit to move and I would just ask you stay in that place and linger
Lord, you are worthy of it all. It's all going back to you. The world and everything in it is yours, Lord. We want to be yours as well. Jesus, we honor you in this place.